Happy New Year! Woohoo! 2023. 2023! Can you believe it? Can't believe it. I can't believe it either. <laughs> if you're tuning into this, you're probably still laying in bed, starting your year off right with making room for God. Yes. Right, Emma? Exactly. <laughs> and so starting next week, you can create a new habit. We encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church <laughs> and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. So stop by Mayo High School for one of our services at 9.15 and 10.45 on Sundays. We would love to meet you. Make Echo your place, your people, and your purpose. It can all be found in one space. It's what we are all looking for, right? All of us, yes. And lastly, we did it. Woo! Woo! How much did we raise? We exceeded our $100,000 goal in December, and we want to say thank you for your faithfulness and generosity to Echo. Because of your giving, we were able to support local and global initiatives that are not only leading people to Jesus, but also meeting basic needs and encouraging tangible personal improvements as well. So way to go. Way to go, guys. If you would like to give, head to our website or Venmo us at We Are The Echo Church. Enjoy, Enjoy Echo, Echo Online Service.
here. Does anybody have a bottle of water? Can't move. 
Jesus, will you do exactly that today? We're not here to just come to church, but we're here to meet with you. We lift up our praise. We lift up your name. It's the, high, it's the name that is higher than any other name. And Jesus, we declare you king today. We love you. We thank you for who you are and what you do in and through us today. In Jesus' name, and if you agree with that, would you shout amen? There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Okay, what is a shepherd? A shepherd is someone who watches over and protects sheep. Like an animal babysitter? Um, yes. Got it. There's an animal babysitter living in a field with other fluffy little sheep friends. Yes? <laughs> An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's so scary about an angel? Aren't they like cute little babies with white robes and fluffy wings? No, that's not accurate. I don't know, bro. I've seen a lot of pictures of cute little angels. Well, in the Bible, angels are more so described as larger-than-life warriors with strength like a superhero and covered in light so bright it almost blinds you. Whoa. Whoa, indeed. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Cool, cool, cool. I will bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. What good news? What good news? That's what we're here to tell you, kid.
one is an Echo original written by yours truly, Samantha Kemet, right there. And uh, I just want to encourage you guys to sing it along with us. So here we go. My God, my God gives me a light to shine. My God, my God gives me a sound mind. My God, my God gives me joy deep inside. My God, my God is the author of my life. Do it again, ready? My God, my God gives me a light to shine. Can you say Merry Christmas to everybody? Hey, can we say thank you to our children? We're a non-traditional church that loves to make traditions. And so we're coming back at uh, this concept of Around the Tree where you get to hear from us as a staff. And last year, the, the idea was to unwrap a present uh, and then kind of share the meaning. Well, this week... We're, or this year, we're going to unwrap a movie clip, okay, of sorts. We're going to show a movie clip from some of our favorite movies out there for Christmas. Um, but I, you know what, actually, I, I had to channel my inside child today, and I thought it's not, it wouldn't be good just to kind of, you know, jump on the ice, but we need to crack the ice and start another tradition in which I'm calling chocolate-covered Christmas. Anybody like chocolate-covered goodies out there? And so what I thought we'd do is we'd give the staff uh, a special treat each, and they would have to determine upon a large bite what might be inside this chocolate treat. Does that excite anybody out there beside me? For those of you that don't know, Andy was a youth pastor for 15 years, and here we are. (laughs) So are these good or bad? (laughs) We did have some taste testers before service, and they seemed to not mind it. A little surprised, but they, you know, nonetheless. So let's do this. Christy, why don't you give it a try first? I'd like to know what I'm winning for this. (laughs) A new lamp. 
what do you think it is? For those of you that don't know, when Andy has brought me up in messages, I have bug things in my mouth right now. I have said I get a new lamp. I will be buying a lamp for my dresser in my bedroom today. It's literally like hairy and sticks. Oh, Sam, let okay. me. I'm a good. I'm a good sport. I will eat this what as well. What bug is it? Uh, it's a grasshopper. Wow, how honoring! Oh. He's gonna eat it. Yeah. Nobody needed you to do that. And for you, Mike. You guys Mike, are so Mike, our sound guy, which he's doing an excellent job today. You know what he did? He took a bite and he goes, "Is this a fig?" <laughs> it is crunchy. Sam. It's a hard life for you. No, he was nice to me. This is a marshmallow. It's delicious. <laughs> I agree with Christy. It's a little unique. He's still chewy. I think maybe Christy is the only one that got the bad one, in my opinion. <laughs> Probably. Let's see. Hey, commit. 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 You want all oh, the whole thing. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. Why is it fishy? <laughs> I gotta look at what Jen texts me. I don't even know what it is. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> you guys, sometimes you just gotta commit at life, okay? This sucks. God. Oh. I'm not even sure what it is. What, do you, what does it taste like? It turns spicy. <laughs> a big round one is a I tomato. I maybe can't commit. Is it an onion? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what color is it? It looks like an eyeball. <laughs> it's an onion. Let's hear it for Isaiah. <laughs> Little baby onion. Oh, I'm so sorry, guys. Isaiah and I get lamps. All right. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, what a good transition. <laughs> we love pranks here. I'm so right. sweaty right now. So I love Christmas movies. Who here watches Christmas movies every year? Because see, Andy, it's like pulling teeth to get him to watch movies. But I love, 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 love the, just watching and re-watching movies every year. My favorite all-time movie by far is the movie White Christmas. Classic film. 1954 it was made. And I grew up watching this movie every single year. And the clip that we're going to watch is, just to prep you, is there's two guys. Their names are Bob and Phil. 
and they were in World War II, and so they served together in the military, and then after the war, they started tra- traveling and doing a song and dance duo. And so they receive a letter from one of their friends who was in the war with them, and he said, would you please go watch my sisters? They're performing. They sing and dance as well, and surprise them, and maybe even just help them along with their career and just doing a friend favor. And so Phil and Bob show up at this event, and they this is the first time they're seeing their friend's sisters, and they're shocked. And the clip is the two sisters, Judy and Betty, singing a song that I grew up loving. Ladies and gentlemen, the Haynes sisters. Can you imagine Freckleface having sisters as cute as that? It's incredible. Sisters, sisters, there were never such devoted sisters, never had to have a chaperone, no sir, I'm here to keep my eye on her, caring, sharing, every little thing that we are wearing, when a certain gentleman arrived from Rome, she wore the dress and I stayed home, all kinds of weather we stick together the same in the rain or sun two different faces but in tight places we think and we act as one (laughs) those who seen us know that not a thing could come between us many men have tried to split us up but no one can Lord help the mister Who comes between me and my sister And Lord help the sister Who comes between me and my man that clip who's never seen that movie before guys you have an assignment from Christy now go home and watch it I love it but I'm a firstborn of three girls for those of you that don't know we actually have a couple photos of me in my childhood I look look really good just to warn you it's it's awesome Um, But they'll be showing those pictures. But when I grew up, we would watch this movie every year. We'd sing this song. And the thing about being a sister is it's something I did not choose. But as I've gotten older and I have reflected on the gift it is to have sisters, is I thought of the word devotion. And when I think of devotion, even watching this clip, is that especially with family and close friends, God calls us to live a life where we are devoted to each other. And when I think of the word devotion, I think of it being a lifelong journey. And especially when I think of my 
relationship with my sisters is it's a choice. It's a choice to be committed to them no matter what. It's a choice to love them no matter what. And I think that a lot of times that we can get stuck in our feelings, we can get stuck in situations. But for me, growing up, you know, I didn't have a choice. I shared a room until I was 13. We shared clothes, makeup, all the things. I have very vivid memories of my middle sister, Chelsea, constantly getting on my nerves and whispering, Christy, in the middle of the night and sneaking my stuff and, you know, just having that classic sister relationship. But as I've gotten older, I have seen things shift. You know, when I was growing up, I definitely felt like I was the one influencing my sisters, just being the older one and motherly and the second mom that they didn't want. And then as I'm now sitting here today is that they have... I have the gift that they have influenced me to. And so maybe you're here and you're going, Christy, I don't have a sister. I don't have a brother. But who is God calling you to be devoted to? And how can you show devotion and commitment and just love in this season? And as I was reading one of my favorite books in the Bible, Ruth. Ruth is a really short book in the Old Testament if you haven't read it. And the book of Ruth is about this woman named Ruth, and she marries this man. She's young, and she marries this man, and she has a really close relationship with her mother-in-law, and her mother-in-law's name is Naomi. Well, tragically, Ruth's husband passes away, and back then, just like now, when her husband passed away, you know, she owed no obligation to her mother-in-law, and so they have this conversation where the mother-in-law is talking to Ruth and saying, go back to your family, go back to your city, you owe me nothing. Like, you, you still have so much life to live. And so they, this conversation plays out, but Ruth does the opposite. And she says to Naomi is that she's not going to give up, she's not going to quit, that Naomi is her family. And the famous line that a lot of people know, and maybe it's even out of context, is wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. And why I love this line is that I think that's the way that God's calling us to, is it's no matter the circumstance, no matter maybe the pain, maybe even the holidays bring up where you're not close with your family, or maybe you've had a hard season where you feel like people aren't there for you. But when I look at Christ and I look at the word, scripturally is that God calls us to live a life where we show up, where we follow, where we make the first move. And so that's who I'm called to be. That's who God calls us to be. Uh, As you were talking, I was thinking about my relationship with my brother and my sister. And I was thinking about how there are seasons where you're closer and there's seasons where you feel a little further away. But the one thing that you just reminded me of is no matter how much or how how close I feel to them or how interconnected we are from week to week, uh, there is a extreme devotion that no matter what they go through, I'm I'm their brother. I'm their middle brother. You know, I'm the mediator of the home. You know what I'm saying? Uh, And and so I just think what a great reminder Ruth is to 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 say, hey, you know what? Uh, in good times and bad times, uh, we are going to commit to one another. Yeah. And I just think, too, with being siblings, I read this quote this week. It says, sisters are a little bit of childhood that never can be lost. And it just struck me because even yesterday, I was, I had, we had the pleasure of going to my mom and dad's and having Christmas. 
And there's just something about being with families that I'm immediately brought back to my childhood. And that can be good memories and bad memories. And, you know, we're laughing and we were looking at photos and just reminiscing. But what I love about that is that there's this childhood in all of us that God wants us to remember, to live out. And even as the kids were on stage is just learn from. So. Absolutely. Now, I don't, I haven't seen the photos of Christy as she's young. Anybody want to see Young pictures of Christy. There she is. So that's my younger sister pulling my hair, as always. Even my mom yesterday, she goes, I don't know why you were so mean to Christy all the time. Yesterday, Zakaya, our daughter, said, that rug is hideous. I said, that was our carpet. Thank you. There's a few other ones. I'm the one in the back by Jesus. See Jesus? Yes. That pin I was wearing lit up. Fancy, I know. And then there's one more, I think. Yes. Pro X. Perm, Pro-X photo, we were fancy. We matched the band today, red and, gr- red and black. Are. And then I'm on the right, and my sister Chelsea is on the left. That face actually matched your face when you ate the cricket, too. <laughs> Thank you. Still have it in my throat. Thank you. Oh, no. <laughs> Not joking. <gasps> Thank you. Oh, hey, can we hear for Christy? Didn't she do a phenomenal job? Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Sam. Uh, Favorite Christmas movie? What are we, what are we talking about Oh, today? yeah. We're going to watch a classic, guys. Um, I have a clip from Elf. And uh, so leading up to this scene, it's t- still towards the beginning of the movie. But if you haven't watched Elf, first of all, I'm so sorry. Um, and you need to watch it. But um, basically, Buddy the Elf, um, he's orphaned, um, little baby. He accidentally gets uh, taken in Santa's present sack, okay, all the way back to the North Pole, gets raised by elves um, and believes he is an elf until he's like 35, like way older than you should be to realize you're not an elf. And um, he finds out that his father is still alive, and so he wants to go reconcile with his father, Walter Hobbs, who lives in New York City. So he makes this trek to New York City. Uh, The scene we're about to watch is right after he's basically introduced himself and proven that he is, in fact, Walter's son, and he's coming over for family dinner. I traveled through the seven levels of the candy cane forest, past the sea of swirly, twirly gumdrops, and then I walked through the Lincoln Tunnel. So where were you for the last 30 years? The North Pole. Can you pass the maple syrup, please? I, I didn't put it. It's spaghetti. You know what? I think I have something. Yes. You like sugar, huh? Is there sugar and syrup? Yes. Then yes. We elves try to stick to the four main food groups. Candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. So, will you be staying with us then? You mean I can stay? Of course you can. Emily. How, how long do you think you'll be with us? I, I hadn't really planned it out, but I was thinking like forever. Emily, can I just speak to you for a minute in the uh, kitchen, please? Are you crazy? He cannot stay here. Clearly, he has some serious issues. We can't just throw him out in the snow. Why not? He loves the snow. He's told me 15 times. Walter, he's your son. 
<laughs> we heard it. We heard it. Sam, how are you going to tie this one in to, to our lives today? Oh, I got something for you. Okay, so Buddy was um, like the epitome of an interruption in the Hobbs family's life. He was everything opposite of what his father had worked so hard for. I mean, he was chaotic and messy, um, and he just he, he was messing up their plan. And I think interruptions tend to have a really bad rep in our life, which is totally understandable, right? They're, they're inconvenient, they're annoying, um, they get us off track from like where we're headed. Um, and interruptions like tend to, to steal um, our, our, our attention. Uh, current interruption in my life, okay? I'm a pregnant first trimester. <laughs> and that's why Andy was really nice to me with that taste test, because I would have vomited on stage, okay? So just vomiting all the time everywhere. So if you see me, just tell me I'm doing a great job and that I look beautiful, okay? Just that's all I need to hear. I don't need to hear anything else. Okay, great. <laughs> but when I look at Jesus's life and how many times he was interrupted, which was a lot, okay, uh, there are a few things that I noticed. And one is that he does not, he does not react. He responds. Yeah. He, he responds in love and grace and patience, like so much patience. Um, and the other thing that tends to happen is that after Jesus is interrupted, a miracle tends to follow, um, when Jesus is celebrating at the wedding with all of his friends, he's having a good time. His mother comes and interrupts him with a problem. Whose mom does that? Anybody? Anybody? Um, comes and interrupts him with a problem. And, and Jesus turns the water into wine, right? It's his first miracle. Uh, when Jesus is sleeping peacefully on the boat with his disciples, just nice and conked out, they decide, oh, they need to aggressively wake him up. They interrupt his sleep and Jesus calms the storm. Uh, Jesus is teaching to a crowd of people when a man comes and interrupts him and tells him that his, his daughter needs him. And Jesus drops everything he's doing. Like I, I imagine Andy preaching on a Sunday morning, a man running onto stage telling him that his daughter needs him and, and him just walking out. Like that, that doesn't compute, I feel like, with our, our modern day minds. Um, Jesus leaves with the man. He's on the way to his house. When he gets interrupted again, he's interrupted within his interruption by a woman that has reached out and touched his robe. She thinks, if I can only just touch him, I will be healed. She had been bleeding for 12 years nonstop. The Lord heals this woman in that moment and then continues on his way and goes and resurrects this man's daughter who has died. I see Jesus being patient. Thinking back to the clip we played, Buddy's stepmom responded to Buddy's interruption in their life with patience. She responded in kindness and grace and in hospitality, while his father reacted out of annoyance, right, hostility, judgment. And if I'm honest, when I, when I look at my life, I think I actually relate a whole lot more to Walter, as much as I wish that wasn't true. Um, I have a picture from my first Nutcracker performance. I was an angel. And, um, oh, that's not it. That's me and my family being cute. That was 2008, I think. Okay, so this is my first Nutcracker performance looking just lovely. A really sweet, kind, innocent child. Um, and I'm on stage performing. And the girl next to me 
is not doing what she's supposed to be doing. Okay, guys? And she's interrupting the performance with her not doing what she's supposed to be doing. And there would have been, you know, many ways for me to go about that in a gentle, kind, patient manner. But instead, I just swing an elbow, like, right into her ribs um, to, you know, give her a little wake-up call. Like, we need to go this way. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I know. I've always been very gracious. Um, (laughs) So interruptions are hard. Um, And there are definitely interruptions in our life that are trying to steal our attention, like from the main goal. But then there's also interruptions that actually need our attention. Interruptions that, if we listen closely, are whispers of the Holy Spirit saying, like, look here, focus here, tend here, care here. Even though it may cause you some trouble, even though it may may cause you some suffering, like this is what needs your attention right now. Like I don't like to be slowed down, okay? Me being sick every single day and not being able to eat, yeah, not cool. I lo- I, it's, it's hard for me to not lose my mind. But what's most important right now? That I slow down and that I care for what the Lord has gifted me with, right? James 1, 2 through 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Patience in suffering is not easy to come by, and I don't think it ever will be, but God does promise that if we can persevere, we will be complete, lacking nothing. And I read this Bob Goff uh, quote the other day, and I just thought it it was perfect. He says, uh, be patient when it gets weird, which if you you've watched Elf, like it's weird. Elf is a weird, very weird interruption, right? Be patient when it gets weird. The angels explain things to Joseph after he spoke to Mary, not before. That's great. Thanks, Sam. Uh, We had an interruption today. We weren't able to get into this space uh, uh, until an hour uh, after we arrived. And I'm telling you what, I felt like Walter Hobbs. The inside of me just kept boiling and boiling and boiling and boiling. Uh, But it was an opportunity for me to be like Mrs. Hobbs and to say, okay, you know what, we're going to do it. And you know what I noticed is this, is as the time kept on ticking, more and more people showed up. And it was such an amazing sight to see literally handfuls of people, a lot of people hustling and how devoted everybody was to the cause to get everything set up. So then when we get here during second service, none of you even know it happened. And so I I think it's such a cool little correlation between your two messages is that interruption, many times, if we're looking, we can see in in the silver lining of it, there might be devotion an opportunity for devotion. So thank you again. Did Sam do a phenomenal job? This is your opportunity to tell her she did a great job and she's beautiful. Uh, so, yeah, she needs to hear that again. So Isaiah, uh, you have picked a unique clip. Unique, unique. What do you got? Um, any Grinch lovers out there? Yes, yes. yes. Um, so some pre-context of the um, clip that we're going to show is 
so the Grinch just gets back to Mount uh, Crumpet, and he has stolen Christmas in his mind. He has taken all the presents, all the thingy-mabobs hanging from the, the doorways and the decorations, and he's, he's looking down at Whoville, and he starts to hear them uh, sing past what is not there. Um, and so we get to watch his expression and understanding of maybe some things that happen, and we'll discuss after the clip. Here we are. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas. He thought. Doesn't come from a star. Maybe Christmas, perhaps. Means a little bit more. then, well, in Whoville, they say that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. <laughs> What's happening to me? And I'm leaking. Oh, Matt. I love you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's enough. I'm not going to beat it. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Oh, it's amazing. I Isaiah, I swear your face, oh, your facial expression was on there when you tasted the chocolate cover up. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think that I'm was onion. I'm tasting. Yeah, I'm tasting. But uh, anyway, um, so as I was trying to get my thoughts together on what this scene maybe, um, you know, resonated with me and how I could portray it to you, um, you know, some very real, like, thoughts came. So today I'm going to be real with you. Is that okay? We're going to preach 
to myself and you. So this is good. But, you know, if you know me and if I'm being honest with you, uh, this concept of empathy doesn't normally come naturally to me. No. No. It's not really my first or my second characteristic, you know, <laughs> that, I, that I have to offer people um, or myself, honestly, at times. But it's hard for me, but a person in my life that I can look up to is, is my wife, Lizzie. Um, and if you know her, she truly is the, the epitome of Max on the Grinch. Like, she's just, she loves you, and she can hear what you're going through, and she can feel with you. Um, but anyway, so as I'm going through this concept, the word empathy kept, or kept coming up into my mind, and I was like, I don't want to go there. And like I said, it's a real topic. Um, but we're sitting in staff meeting on Tuesday, and we watched it as a staff, the clip, and I had originally been like, oh, let's talk about grace. And Andy was like, the word's empathy. You know, and it's one of those moments in life where I'm like, eye roll, but you can't really do that to your boss probably, or you shouldn't. But here we are. We're going to talk to empathy uh, this morning. So, so obedient to the Lord, to the Lord. Let's talk about Jesus. But I don't know about you, but when I go through life, I want to live a life that reflects who Jesus was. Um, He was highly interruptible. Um, which I think we can hold on to that concept um, as we walk through life um, to be highly interruptible people. But I want to love like Jesus. I want to walk like Jesus. I want to preach how Jesus um, preached and you know bear the image of Christ um, that he was. And I think um, looking through the Gospels, uh, so Matthew, Mark, and Luke, I began to quickly realize that this uh, theme or concept of empathy is is truly involved with who Jesus was. Um, in Matthew 9.36, it says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So th- there's one instance there. And then the next one is, is Luke 13, um, verse 10 and 11. It says, um, on a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. And she was bent over and could not straighten up at all. And when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put uh, his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. So there we see Jesus' empathy um, or his love actually overthrowing the law from the time. Like, again, we're seeing Jesus' um, love. It was, it's an interruptible moment. Um, And empathy is how Jesus related to every single human being. Um, He could see life from their perspective. He could feel what they were feeling. He could know their inner world. And he wasn't um, ever looking from the outside in. Like, I think that's a really super interesting thing that we see about Jesus is with every conversation and encounter, Jesus was looking from the inside out. And there's power in being able to see through the eyes of others. And I don't know if you guys have heard of Erwin McManus. He's a pretty awesome pastor. Um, But he says the best decision in life um, will deepen the value of relationships in your life. And I don't know for me, but this is something that I'm working on, is I want to be able to sit and have those deep relationships where I'm able to empathize with people because that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus said. And I'll close with this. What empathy allows you to do is see problems, circumstances, and crisis uh, crisis with um, outside eyes. And you are able to see the world around you, not simply from where you are, but from where others are. 
Um, so I just think and encourage you, maybe you walk into church this morning and you're, you're like, I don't have anyone to empathize with. Let's go to Jesus this morning. Let's allow him to empathize with you because he can do that. Let's interrupt him this morning in our everyday norm and what we maybe gather in our mind. And let's interrupt Jesus to allow him to empathize. Or maybe you're like me and you need to gain the concept of empathy. We need to sit in those low moments or maybe those high moments and just be present with the followers of who God has put in our life. Excellent. Can we hear for Isaiah? Um, you know, I think it's, it's interesting, Isaiah, because I, I think the, my younger self, I, I'm kind of like the Mr. Fix-It. You tell me your problem, I want to fix it like this. And I think that's how you're wired. It's so easy to, to get into that. But I think with some maturity, um, although I didn't display it very well today, um, um, I feel like empathy has grown. And even the circumstance we had today uh, with getting in here late, like there was, there was something that happened on the other side, you know, and, and there's this need for empathy and understanding. And I, I think of the scripture of Jesus, Lazarus, you know, one of his friends has just died and his sisters are coming, Lazarus' sisters are coming to Jesus. And like, he gets the same message from both of them, but for one of them, he starts weeping. I mean, that was our favorite scripture growing up in, 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 in uh, Sunday school is that Jesus wept. Well, because Jesus cares and Jesus has empathy. And, and as I was preparing, or I was just actually just seeking the Lord because I kind of have a Sunday off today, is I was seeking uh, the Lord and, uh, and I'm in Hebrews and Hebrews 7 says this, therefore he is able to save completely. If you look at that word save completely, it's this, he is able to completely straighten. What I found interesting, and I didn't know this, and I didn't see this until you read that scripture last hour, is that Luke 13, the only other place uh, that shows up is in this Hebrew 7. So Hebrew 7, Luke 13. It's this idea that this woman who could not straighten herself up until she met Jesus. And so when Isaiah read that scripture today and, and I was relating, I was just thinking like how amazing of a concept with the, the topics and the themes that were presented on this stage is this, is therefore Jesus is able to completely straighten those who come to God through him because he's always there to intercede for us. You know why? It's because Jesus is devoted. And as Sam did so well, reminded us that we serve a God that is interruptible. And he's interruptible, you know why? Because he has a whole load of empathy, way more than any of us could have. And so I'm just so thankful as uh, as we enter into the week of Christmas that we have this reminder that Jesus loves us. And we saw that in in our kids today and the simple joy that they displayed. Uh, we saw that through my immaturity that I need to grow a little bit. Um, <clears throat> but we also just, we just see, and, and I hope what we do is we're not coming here for a message uh, so then, then we just feel good today, but ultimately I'm praying, and I'm gonna do that right now. I pray that, that we don't just hear the message, but we leave and obey the message. Yeah. And, and so Jesus, we just thank you. I thank you for the people of Echo. We, we thank you for those uh, that are so devoted to you today. And we're devoted today because you were first devoted to us. 
And Lord, I just ask that you would just right now continue this message, that you would, you would uh, really interweave this idea of devotion and, and us being interruptible and also uh, be people of empathy because we've experienced you firsthand. In Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, will you say amen? amen? Will you stand up with me? And can we just take the next few moments and allow God to kind of put the bow on top of uh, the message today and, and, and transform our heart from the inside out?
you know, I just want to, I just had this thought that's stuck with me all morning, which is, you know, at one point, Elf was just a movie that was going to come out, and now it's like a classic. Or White Christmas is just an idea, and now it's a song that's played every single Christmas like a million times. And what's interesting is a bunch of people are going to try to make changes in their life in like two weeks. Like New Year's resolutions are going to come around, and we're going to be new people doing new things. But here's the crazy thing. Tradition starts today. The opportunity to change your life and make a difference starts today. If you were challenged in the last series about maybe giving for the first time, start today. If you're trying to live your life a little healthier, start today. Let's take these steps out and be people of action, not so much people of reaction, and even less than that, people that sit on our hands. Now, maybe this Christmas is the first Christmas where you're going to invite the family you don't like so much to Christmas. Or maybe you're going to do something nice for a neighbor who just annoys you. Or you're going to do something nice for people you know who need it. But just make this the Christmas that you start the tradition that 20 years from now is like Elf. It's just the back of your mind. You just think about a burping and eating spaghetti with syrup on it. It's like totally normal now. But at one point that was new. Like let's be the people that'll try something new. Now speaking of traditions, we do a tradition every week here at Echo. We say a prayer together. It's just a reminder. As a moment of surrender to just let go a little bit and trust that God is in control. So would you guys join me in saying this prayer that we say every single week? Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. Let's celebrate with some people that are here for the first time and maybe say a prayer for the first time. Hey.